Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us once again on the Faces of Business by Exit Your Way. I'm Damon Pistolka, and with me today, I've got Jeffrey Stern of Voice Express. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us today. Damon, it's a real pleasure to be here. Real excited. Yeah, I, I am too, man. I've, we've, we've interacted a bit on some of our other um, events and, and things and learning more about Voice Express myself. I just thought it would be interesting to have you on and talk a little bit about your background and, and the company and kind of where you see the voice technology moving and and just share more about your story. So Wonderful. Yeah. So if you're listening out there on LinkedIn Live, go ahead and let us know where you're at, where you're coming in from, where you're watching from, and uh, like to hear that. And we'll stop throughout the, the presentation or the interview here and give you a chance to ask some questions. So Jeffrey, tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, you've, you've had Voice Express now for about a little over 25 years, 26 years now. I mean, Voice Express, explain a little bit about the company and then let's go back to the beginning because that was bleeding edge, tech, bleeding edge technology in 1995. Yeah, voice has become very um, uh, sexy and exciting uh, recently. Um, and a lot of people come to me and say, wow, you're in the right place at the right time. And I think I've been in the same place for a long time. Uh, yeah. But uh, it is an interesting story. And I think uh, maybe today we'll explore a little bit how things have changed and maybe have also stayed very much the same. I, uh, uh, I, I can't say I'm a serial entrepreneur because I'm more like a dog with a bone. I pick on one industry or one product and stick with it for a while. But I, I had another business. I was in the fire suppression business. Uh, we made uh, fire suppression systems for computer rooms and MRI stations. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a whole story in and of itself why I exited it from that. It had to do with the fact that the gas that we used was an ozone depleter. And the Montreal Protocol came along. And it's an unbelievably successful story about how industry can get together and uh, solve problems. Uh, in my case, I moved on to another career. So uh, uh, it, it, that, that's a story in and of itself. But I was looking for something else because uh, the government told me I had to sell half as much gas every year as I did the year before. And that's not a growth strategy. Yeah, so yeah. I was uh, brainstorming with my brother, who was a party planner. And uh, my dad uh, had a floral supply business. So we were thinking, OK, how can we take advantage of his knowledge and his connections? And my brother said, well, wouldn't it be cool if you could send a bouquet of flowers, uh, go into the store, record a message onto a cassette, and they can go ahead and deliver the flowers with that cassette. 
And I said, even back then, well, it's not going to be a cassette. It's probably going to be a voice chip. And you're probably not going to have to go into the store. This is when 800 Flowers was just launching. You'll be able to call this new technology called an 800 number and be able to record the message over the phone. So that's how we started. Uh, I filed some patents from the previous a fire suppression company. While I'm not an engineer, I had learned to work with engineers. Um, and I had some patents that I had um, uh, developed uh, under that company. So I had that kind of technical background. Uh, I knew that you had to create um, competitive advantage. And uh, we filed the patents, got the patents. And like any true entrepreneur, we followed the money. Uh, we still haven't done the flowers in a big way, but Valentine's around the corner, so you never know. Uh, but the idea was to enable people to express themselves by recording a voice message into some sort of chip and animating a product. And uh, one of the first ideas that I had was, okay, well, let's put it into a plush teddy bear. So you kind of combine voice and the voice print uh, with something tactile that you can hug. And then I said, well, let's bring another sense here and uh, let's get little t-shirts that you can print an image on. And it wasn't that easy to find uh, a t-shirt manufacturer for small t-shirts. I found one in St. Louis and they said, "Uh, can we show this to another customer? And lo and behold, the other customer was Maxine Clark, who at that point had three Build-A-Bear stores. They now have 400 plus stores around the country. And with Trep in her voice, she said, do I have to buy the bear from you or can I just buy the voice recorder? And I said, if I never see another bear again, I'll be a happy guy. And that was the beginning of a wonderful relationship. We've probably sold them over 50 million uh, sounds with licensed music, with uh, effects, and obviously people record. And that's a really a short um, uh, intro to my career path in terms of the voice space. Yeah. So when you're that, that, wow. The intersection of the things that you just talked about though, with the 1-800-Flowers and, and being that being new, the idea of a chip or some sort of recorded message along with flowers, all at the same intersection is, is pretty interesting. Well, it's 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 really fascinating. What I was thinking about uh, over the last week or two, because we put out a, uh, a a blog, and I said let's do something around flowers, and I started thinking about the floral industry. And this company called FTD uh, had a floral wire services a hundred and twenty years ago. So that means all they needed for the technology was a telegram. And the idea was that you could order a bouquet of flowers in a New York florist and same day it could be delivered in San Francisco. Now, what they had going for them was flowers or flowers or flowers or roses or rose. So it was a generic uh, product that could be duplicated easily. But in a sense... They, uh, all the way back then, had a very early form of BOPIS, buy online, pick up in store. Um, And if you think about it, the technology has really just caught up so that now uh, we can do that much more easily. But the, 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 the concept of being able to express yourself, not only with a beautiful gift, but with, in those days, was a dictated card that you would dictate to the New York florist and they would then transcribe to the other florist, uh, but that you could do it quickly. Because when we talk, 
I like to say something and hear you back. If it takes a week to get there, uh, it's not quite the same effect. So in a sense, while everything that we're doing today is, is brand new, it's really um, kind of circling around old primal themes. Uh, people like to express themselves, exchange products and gifts, um, and um, have mementos uh, that somehow uh, trigger emotions. Yes, yes, that, that, is, that is for sure. So, you know, you mentioned Build-A-Bear, and I, I'm familiar with that because my kids have a few of them, if not more. I don't remember how many they went through as, as they were growing up. But uh, what are some of the other applications that you've had for your product throughout the years that have been kind of unique or, or interesting that you got, ah, oh, this is... So we, about 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, we got approached by a publication that serviced to the pharmaceutical industry. And they said, you know, these cards that like Hallmark has that play 10 seconds of music, could you make a card that could play two or three minutes of audio? And I said, yeah, technologically we could, but who would want to listen to that? And they said, well, here's the deal. Um, the, the rep can no longer get to the doctor. Doctors are too bus busy. They used to do something called a mini detail where they would sit down. They'd explain about the beta blocker that they were um, uh, offering. And, and so what we did was we created these cards for that industry uh, that literally um, had audio uh, uh, relating to uh, packaging, to medication, to dosage, to clinical studies. And the pharmaceutical companies are really good in tracking tracking uh, efficacy. And so they saw that doctors who received one of these things actually wrote more script. They, they, they felt more comfortable with the, um, uh, with the, the medication. Uh, and then we showed them, uh, and I'd like to think we were the first to do that. And then we showed them a similar card that had a little LCD screen inside. And instead of saying how much, they said, how big can you make the screen? I mean, money was really not an objection because that you can't you can't put a dollar uh, sign on what it takes to 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 sit in front of a prospect and to convey information, uh, and so we did that. Now that we have a lot of competition, um, so it was time to innovate. And about a year ago, I, I said, you know, this whole voice recognition thing with Alexa and Google Connect, mm -hmm. um, why don't we make a card that can do the holy grail of marketing? It can not only talk but it can listen too, and it can respond and put probably answer most of the frequently asked questions that either a prospect or a, a client uh, might have on their mind. And that's what we're launching now. It's called Connect, and we like to say it's a smart speaker in print. And it's, it's really amazing. It's good for direct mail, uh, in-store mm -hmm. shopping, doesn't use a screen, you don't have to touch anything, uh, and after-sale engagement. I mean, how many times do you get a product, whether it's a printer or a blender, and it has so many features that uh, if you don't discover them in the first week or two, probably never going to discover them. So to have a welcome message where it asks you questions and answers your questions seems to us to be something that's uh, very exciting. So we're excited about that technology. And I would think so. You're exactly right. Because if I have that new blender, say, uh, and, or I bring my, my brand new juicer home that I'm, I'm really excited about using, and I want to understand features better, looking through the manual could be tedious or just something that most people won't do. But asking a, uh, an interactive uh, piece of media like that would be really nice because you, you could, yeah, you could program the most common questions that you're going to get and, or just the, the 
actual features to be able to explain those. Yeah, so, I mean, it shows in uh, in in ways that words could not express that the brand not only wants to talk to you, but it wants to listen to you too, and that's a powerful statement that it's implicitly making. And the other, you know, the thing is, people always ask me, so what do you do? And what combines all of these products? And I and I, I recently realized that you, we've all heard of this uh, Internet of Things, uh, mm -hmm. IoT. What I've been doing and continue to do is VOT, the voice of things. I put um, the ability for products themselves to help you, guide you, and interact with you. And none of them need a Wi-Fi connection or Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. That's very important because, you know, you could say it's pretty easy to pair a device with your phone. It's easy, but none of us do it if somebody would just hand us a mailer or walk into a store. So it has to be something that you can do on impulse and in an unmediated fashion. Yeah, that's for sure, because you're right. Some technologies you can connect up to them and do those kind of things, but to to make things simpler, um, effective for more people, quite honestly, is something that has to be standalone and, and very easy to operate. Like you're saying, no touch and no screen needed and, and those kind of things. Yeah, that's cool. So when you look at when you look at this technology, then what are some of the interesting applications you're seeing of this? Because I, I think of things when I um, back in the retail days, helping them in, in store operations and stuff like that, you know, just explaining products in a store. I think this would be a really cool application. Absolutely. And, you know, it's low cost. Um, and so uh, it almost uh, uh, can be self-liquidating, uh, meaning to say that you could put it on an end cap or as a shelf yeah. talker. And when you sell through the product, um, um, you can almost throw it away. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what you're seeing in a lot of stores today are fairly expensive screen-based things. Screens yes. are not what they used to be. No one wants to touch a screen anymore. Yes. But they also not only are expensive, but they take a valuable shelf space. So mm -hmm. our things are very distressed. Discreet. You know, this has all of my technology right inside of it, and it could be uh, a mailer, it can be a, um, a, a shelf talker. Um, so I do think that's important. But I think that um, in many ways, the opportunities that uh, technology such as mine are um, introducing are less technological uh, and uh, more personal. So if you think in terms of the last eight months of Corona, uh, we all thought that the emoji had killed the telephone. Uh, but lo and behold, people are talking on the telephone like never before. And they're not necessarily transacting. They're really just talking. And yeah. so uh, my cards, um, uh, you know, we, we were worried about having all of our eggs in one basket in terms of Build-A-Bear. So we said, let's open up an Amazon account. And, and literally, I've, I'm, I'm having trouble keeping up with demand in terms of a 60-second card that we have called Voice Gift. Because people are recording messages and giving it to their grandparents and parents who are isolated alone. And just to be able to hear a familiar voice becomes magical yeah. um, and a way of communicating. And so um, 
I, I started looking at what happens in a Build-A-Bear store, because if you don't learn from your customers, uh, you don't learn from anything. And what happens is a, a kid comes in and they first, they pick the skin, the, the, the type of animal they want to stuff. Yeah. And the second thing they do after the choose me station is they go to the hear me station. So uh, it, it probably came from a practical point of view because our little sound goes inside of the bear before the, uh, the stuffing. Mm -hmm. But what it does on a more uh, deeper level is it says, first you put a voice, first you provide a message, and then you can go ahead and accessorize, if you will. And I started thinking about that in terms of the gift market. And I said, you know, today we all, in every society, there's an expression that says it's the thought that counts. And if it's the thought that counts, one has to wonder why is the thought always an afterthought when you're in e-commerce? At the very end, it says, is this a gift? And and then hopefully it gives you 120 letters that you can write. And if you're lucky, yeah. they're going to print that on a card and not on the shipping label where it gets lost. So what we're trying to do with this voice gift product, we're selling it on Amazon now. You buy it, you record a message at home. But the next step is that you'll be able to buy a gift and start with the message. Start with picking the right music that conveys the message of the moment, recording a voice dedication, doing an old-fashioned shout-out like you would on the radio in the yeah. old days. Yeah. And then magically, we've done focus groups. Once you have the right message, all of the angst and the pressure of picking just the right gift vanishes. And it's not yeah. that it trivializes the gift, but ultimately the gift is a token of your message. And if you get the message right, you know already you can imagine, and it becomes a vicarious thrill because you already imagine the smile on her face when she hears your voice and that you pick the, your song. So though that's not so much a technological advance, it's using the technology that we have, but it's a, a paradigm shift in terms of how, how do we transact and, and what is important in a transaction such as gift giving. It could also be for direct mail and contacting a customer. Maybe the most important thing is listening to the customer and not speaking to them. So mm -hmm. uh, these are all ideas that I find are very um, uh, uh, exciting. No doubt. I mean, when you, when you think about the way that an e-commerce brand could change their perception in the market and also their perception on the receiver of products from them. If I can send a gift through a company and I can personalize a message and, and the music and the whole audio experience, when they open the gift, they open the audio card or, or whatever, however it's delivered and say, this is gifted from me. It's from my heart. This is what I was thinking about when I bought it for you or when I, when I found it for you, I hope you enjoy it playing some nice music in the event. That's a completely different experience than Amazon delivering a package and dropping it off of your door and opening up the box. Mm -hmm. That is cool. Cause I feel, I feel it when I talk about that, you know, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can feel it and you feel the emotion when you're doing that. So that's really interesting. And it does, as you said, it makes the, the gift a token of the message you're trying to send. And <laughs> that's cool, man. That's really cool. So, you know, you've been in business a while now. So what are some of the things that you've learned? Because this has obviously not been a constant uphill, great, uh, you know, always, always succeeding, succeeding, conceding every success. You've got to have some bumps along the road. So what are some of the things that you've learned 
having this business for for 20 plus years that that you could tell somebody out there today that's that's uh rolling down the road with their business well i think uh the the, the first lesson is you got to be in the game and uh you know you, you you have a good idea um and unless i had gone ahead and made that teddy bear and ordered a container of teddy bears and looked for the t-shirt uh, that wasn't the direction I was going to end up going uh, because I ultimately am a technology enabler. Uh, for the most part, I've been most successful helping brands uh, enhance their own products. Mm -hmm. But the point is I had to be in the market. And you never know where the market would, would lead. I think uh, Steve Jobs always said uh, in a famous speech, you know, you can't connect the dots going forward. But if when you look back, uh, you, you, you definitely can. So the main thing is, you know, for, especially for entrepreneurs, um, you know, don't just think it, do it and, and do something. And uh, you're never going to be right. And you're always going to have to pivot, uh, but at least do something. Um, and, um, you know, the, the other thing is, uh, well, the, the, the trite and obvious thing is uh, character. Um, you have to have character and the people you deal with have to have character. I have a very small operation, but the people that I've been dealing with, I think I've been dealing with with 20 plus years. So if I need stuff programmed, I have a programmer, a go-to programmer. The factories that I've been working with for 20 years. Um, all of those relationships are, are so important. Um, and, uh, you know, truly, uh, even when I think uh, someday I'll retire, what I'll miss most is those relationships. And um, when I, when I want to slack off a little bit, it's a question of, well, they, they're depending on me to deliver this yeah. stuff. I mean, you don't know how important a licensed sound for a movie is until Build-A-Bear uh, launches a, a, a product based on that license. And if the sounds are late, that's a real problem. So your, mm -hmm. your little component is a part of a bigger marketing campaign, but it's critical. And so uh, I think character, um, uh, your word has to be your word uh, and long-term relationships and they pay off uh, whatever sacrifices you make uh, in order to um, fulfill your word. Uh, I think you gain back in, in, uh, in multiples. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, keep young and keep asking and, uh, you know, don't say why, say why not, that type of thing. I must say that during the last eight months, I've never been busier and I've never been more creative. Um, yeah. And and the, the, the coolest thing for me is because so much of my life I've spent behind brands, whether it's for the pharmaceutical industry mm -hmm. or for the toy industry, with Amazon, I mean, we can talk about Amazon all day in terms of what they enable a small operator like me to do in terms of I could never sell directly to the consumer. I could never ha handle the customer service. I could never handle the shipping mm -hmm. and all that. All that Amazon takes care of. And what I get in return is not only sales, but I get comments from my customers every day. Every day before I go home, I take a look. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's some other wonderful story, but also ideas. And, um, you know, if they ask enough, uh, how long is the recording? How long can it be? Uh, you, you start to hear a message that as voice becomes more important, um, people have user-generated content that they actually want to archive and they want to share. So the product that I came of literally in the last month because of a request from a, a customer, it looks pretty much like your old CD jewel case. Uh, but instead of having a CD inside, it really opens up and there's a chip inside uh, and it can play up to two hours of audio. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, meaning to say a guy like you who does a really good podcast one day and you want to share it with a new sponsor or you want to show somebody what you're doing. And yeah, they could download it. They could turn on um, the, uh, uh, the, the iPhone app and all that. But you know, there's nothing like being able to hand something to somebody. And what happens if you have a wedding and you have the toasts and if you have a favorite playlist or you're a comedian? There are so many things that I think I I'm really excited about this product because again i can't wait to see how people use it um yeah. but you know we're going to call it voice lp for like lp the long yeah, playing yeah. records yeah. and um i just uh, i mean my my newest toy is um uh oh now i i forget the name what is um the new thing that everybody's doing online uh with voice it's um clubhouse Clubhouse, yeah. Unbelievable. And it's all yeah. about voice and it's it all is. about interacting. So I think the, the volume of audio that uh, we are going to have, uh, there's something special about it. I mean, it's the first way a kid interacts with a, a, a parent, uh, the world. Um, it's, uh, it's an exciting time, like I said, to be in the voice space. No doubt. No doubt. And I think your voice LP, I mean, there's some, some of the things, I think grandparents, the grandchildren... And, and even leaving messages for them beyond them would really be something as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. It's just, that's, that's so cool. Two hours is a lot of time to be able to, to really engage with, with somebody or tell a, a very nice story. Well, the cool thing is you can put it in tracks. So literally oh. you could, you could put, and, and we can go even beyond two hours. So why would you want 10 hours? Well, you know, there are these companies that give courses yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, you could literally have hand somebody the, uh, from the great courses uh, catalog, uh, something that he can just cap, put in her purse or, or whatever yeah. and have it. And it has a headphone jack. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how people use it. Uh, and that's the, the most sure. fun part of my job. Very cool. Well, I, I've got to ask you, you, you must have a lot of patents or you've got patented products. How, how many have you, have you patented? I think I have about five issued patents yeah. and about five that are, uh, I hope to be issued. Nice. Um, so, you know, something like uh, the things that we've described today, you can't get a patent for the whole yeah. thing, but if you just pick out a little area that you find is critical um, and uh, it gives you, you know, a way of protecting the investment in time and effort that you've done. Um, on the other hand, um, you want competition. And that's a, um, another message. You asked me about uh, uh, what lessons have I learned. If you don't have competitors, you probably don't have a market. So, yeah. so uh, there's nothing wrong with having friendly. And, and I am, uh, with most of my competitors, I'm very friendly. And they will call me and I will call them if I'm low on a chip or if I need a solution for a good customer. And that's the way it should be. Because, you know, I think... Um, we're still, the voice industry is still uh, an emerging industry. And when you're at that level, uh, you've got, there's a great camaraderie and uh, people share ideas and it, you know, it's the high, the, the rising tide raises all boats. Yes. Yes. Well, and two, I think a, a lot of times in business, we may get caught up in the scarcity mentality, but honestly, in most industries, there's plenty of work for everyone if you're doing a good job and doing, you know, solving, truly solving your customers' challenges and, and helping them live better lives. I mean, I, absolutely. 
believe that. And I think you that's a great example of that. So when, when you're not working, so it sounds like you've got a great business. You've been doing this stuff. So what are some of the things that you do when you're not working? Well, I love to uh, play tennis and ski. I love the outdoors. Nice. Um, I have a, a, a shop. I love to fix things and build. I love to work with my hands. I love not to look at a screen all weekend. Yeah. Um, and I think during COVID, you really have to have discipline. Uh, you have to set boundaries because otherwise, you know, we can just work 24 seven. And um, it's uh, at the end of the day, you can't be creative if, if you do that. So you can exactly. call it a day of rest. You can call it whatever you want. But I think really uh, one thing that uh, we all should be learning and, and a takeaway is that you have to have cycles uh, and that you have to um, uh, be able to refresh and recharge. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily, uh, I have a wonderful wife and we enjoy each other's company. So, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I can't complain. Uh, there are many people who are really being challenged, uh, during COVID yes. and, uh, our hearts go out to them. Um, and those of us who, uh, you know, spend time, uh, thinking up ideas and, uh, sitting at a desk can go about our way. And it's almost a, 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 a very productive time. We have to watch ourselves that we don't overwork. That I think that's a hundred percent because as I look at, you know, last year in 2020 and COVID and, and the devastation that it caused, um, myself, like you being someone that can do a lot of creative work behind the screen and, and for businesses, I, I, it was a, it was a great learning year. It was a great learning year, you know, just as far as how to connect with people across the globe and, and come up with new ways to help and, and work with people. It's, it's fantastic in those regards. Um, and I also see what you, I'm, I'm a tinkerer as well. I like to work with my hands and I'm not doing things like this or, or, or helping business, uh, business people, just because I think that using your hands and your mind in a different way that does allow you to be more creative when you're, when you come back in front of the screen or in that business situation, for sure. Um, it's always nice to, to disengage that part of your mind for a while and, and let it go out there and just find the solutions while you're not using it. Absolutely. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Good stuff. So do you, I, I see that you work for the Is, Israel Endowment Funds. You're the president of that. So can you tell me, I was reading a little bit about it on, on LinkedIn and man, it sounds like you people, the, you, the fund is giving money towards education and just a whole bunch of cool stuff. What, what's that about? Well, that's a, a great segue, and it ties into my earlier story about FTD, because uh, PEF, Israel Endowment Funds, which I'm the president of, is also 100 years old. Um, and what it enables uh, is for U.S. taxpayers who want to give uh, money to charities that are in Israel uh, for the whole population, whether they're Jewish, Arab, Christian, uh, yeah. Muslim, or whatever, any, any charity that's in uh, the state of Israel. Um, they, uh, we're run by volunteers and, uh, they, they make the donation. We don't charge any fees. And, uh, by us tax law, if you give to a foreign country, you need to have what they call an equivalency determination. So we mm -hmm. go ahead and determine that had any one of these organizations been in the States, they would be equivalent to a 501 C three. 
Mm-hmm. But 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 the tie-in to what we were discussing before is as old and as archaic as it should be, what it really is is direct to consumer because we don't do any fundraising and we bring in $130 million a year. It's wow. it's 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 an enigma. And how it happens is the donors uh go and they do their own research and they find an organization that they want to help. And they say to them, how can we support you? And they say, well, send the money through this organization called PEF. And we're transparent and we're frictionless. We send the money uh, electronically uh, over the last five years, no more checks. Uh, We we, uh, translate it into uh, currency uh, at the most competitive rate because we use uh, the fact that we're sending so much, uh, so much any funds mm-hmm. to to Israel, but if you think about it, it's direct to consumer. There's no fundraising, there's no middleman, there is no um, and and so as we should be archaic and uh, out of style, and in fact uh, we are um, uh, exactly appropriate uh, to the time. We've come to our own, so to speak, yes. um, so that people uh, can uh, literally transact uh, directly from here to a country thousands of miles away um, and uh, do it um, transparently and also uh, do it uh, without any friction. So it's kind of exciting. I uh, was a a board member for many years and uh, then I missed one meeting and they made me the president. So there's got to be a lesson in there somewhere. But um, it it takes up much more time than I ever expected, but it gives me more satisfaction than I ever imagined. So I think, I think, I know you're in the, uh, in the retirement or the exit strategy business. Uh, uh, I don't know when and if I retire, but the part of that exit strategy has to be that you need other interests. Uh, You need, and you can't start with those other interests uh, when you're 75 and retiring. Um, So, so I feel very fortunate that way that uh, I'm, I'm uh, really uh, very deeply involved in this. Um, It, I meet different people from, you know, whether it's uh, organizations that are working in the Bedouin community to make sure Mm -hmm. that they get vaccines and there's a whole educational process in involved yeah. there. Uh, whatever it is, uh, you learn about people and you're approached and, and meet people uh, that are um, philanthropic entrepreneurs, people that um, on both ends who are creating um, uh, new ways of, of helping people and, and uh, donors who have had successful lives and want to uh, contribute and make other people's lives better. So it's, uh, it's, it's a fun uh, and very um, satisfying part of my life. That's awesome. Cause I, I obviously I not obviously, but I had no idea that 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 being able to donate to charities outside the U.S. and the way that you have to do the equivalency on them. But that's quite a that's quite a valuable service because there are so many good charities uh, around the world. uh, And to be able to do that for people in Israel, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm sure that that allows people a conduit that they would not be able to to take advantage of otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. That, that is, that is very cool. And, and, and an awesome way to, to round that out of it, really round that out of it. So, uh, any parting thoughts, Jeffrey, I was, 
Not really. Uh, I just feel uh, very fortunate uh, to be in uh, doing stuff that every day uh, kind of excites me and uh, still uh, inventing and coming yeah. up with uh, new ways to help people express themselves. And uh, I just uh, you wish that uh, your audience and those that are listening uh, have the same thrill from whatever they're doing. And if they have any good ideas uh, how to use a voice chip, they should look me up on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we, we get calls all the time from people uh, who have um, who have ideas that you would never think of. My favorite is uh, a fisherman who called me and said um, he was convinced that if he could put a voice chip inside of a lure uh, that had the sound of a particular cricket, uh, he could attract the fish. And he filed a patent. And uh, I mean, he was from down south and he had, a, a, awesome. he had an accent to prove it. And yes. uh, I don't know if I have a sample. Yeah, here we go. That is so he made a product called Croker Lures. And yeah. uh, you had, he has a checkbox here for pugfish, frog, or cricket. And he told me he used to go to country fairs and they would have these big, uh, like pools out, yes. you know, out of ground pools and they'd stock them with fish. Yeah. And people were showing their lures and their fishing rods. And he'd go ahead and put one of our products in and all the fish would come in his direction. I, uh, he, he passed wow. away before he could make it win the lottery. But we get, we get people calling all the time with uh, different ideas about how to use uh, uh, our technologies. And that uh, keeps me young and uh, puts a bounce in my step and uh, keeps me going from day to day. No doubt. No doubt, Jeffrey. Well, that's a great example. And, and I, man, you can hear it in your voice that you love what you do. And that's awesome. That's, that's the kind, and you're the kind of person that, that I like to talk with because this, this energy that comes from inside us, inside of us, I, and the, the desire to do this and the passion behind it is really how people are driven to do great things. I mean, it doesn't happen just because you, you, you follow some, some plan or do something, you really have to have that passion that's going to lead you to the right path because you do get knocked down once in a while. You do stub your toe. You do have some challenges that are going to make it tough, but that passion and that real desire to, to see what you can do with something like that is how we, how you make great things happen. So it's awesome to have you on today, Jeffrey. And if, if people want to look you up, it's Jeffrey Stern, G E O F F R E Y Stern on LinkedIn and they can reach yep. out to you that way or voice express it's voice hyphen express.com I believe and yep. reach out there or talk to me and just get a hold of me and I can get you in touch with Jeffrey but Jeffrey Stern from voice express with us here today on the faces of business thank you so much it's been a pleasure pleasure to be here thanks Damon all right everyone that's listening out there on LinkedIn and other places Thank you for being with us today, and we will be back again next week with other great and interesting people talking about life and business.